We are continuing our series called Chasing Carrots today. We started it last weekend, and uh, we've been talking about really those things that we tend to go after in life, that things that we pursue that, that tend to overpromise and underdeliver. And we could put lots of things in that category. It could be chasing that next promotion, looking for that maybe a piece of property on the waterfront, or uh, that next relationship, or whatever that thing that we tend to put lots of value in. Sometimes those things that we, that we chase after end us, end, end us feeling empty and, and like we, we really didn't, didn't accomplish anything. And sometimes those pursuits can take us away from the most important things in life. So we often find ourselves chasing things that just never quite satisfy. And hopefully in this series, we're going to be able to, to sort of get off of that, 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 that hamster wheel of chasing the next thing that never quite uh, promise, uh, give us what we want. I'm Pastor Ben. I'm glad you're here today. And if this is your first Sunday with us, it's awesome that you're here, whether that be online or in person. It's good to see more of us gathering in person. Uh, it's a good thing. And we gather on Sundays. This is the first day of the week. Because some 2,000 years ago, Jesus of Nazareth rose from the dead and it was on a Sunday morning and changed human history forever. And that's why we're here today. We're lifting up the name of Jesus. It's Sunday, so let's uh, kind of reset our week. Take a deep breath. Let's go ahead and do that. Breathe it out. And let's uh, hear from the Lord today on this carrot that we're talking about today, this money and stuff thing. So let's pray. Father, we come before you. We thank you for loving us more than we possibly imagine. And Lord, speak to our hearts. Father, challenge us, uh, convict us even, of things that we've been chasing that maybe uh, aren't really going to help uh, in the long run. Father, help us to, to stop looking so temporary and aim for the eternal, the things that please you. So Father, uh, encourage and challenge us to that end today. And uh, Father, uh, may you uh, do a mighty work in us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Jackie and I were walking the other day and a really nice car passed us. I won't say the make and model of the car, but a really nice vehicle passed us. And the person that was in the driver's seat was dressed really nicely. And, um, you know, it kind of threw me for a second. It drew me in. And uh, I told Jackie that just as they passed, that that was kind of appealing to me. And, and, and it, part of it is the wealth and looking nice and... I don't know, having people kind of pay attention to you. And it, it, it kind of got my heart a little bit. And I, I told Jackie that there's part of me that sometimes wants to be wealthy and to show it off. And I realize that that's not good, okay? Don't send me emails, you know, you're just... Look, I'm being real with you, that sometimes those things, they look appealing to me. And I don't think I'm alone, okay? I look around this room, I think some of you would like some wealth, wouldn't you? I mean... It makes things easier. I realize it doesn't make everything easier, but sometimes having enough money makes a difference. I mean, Jackie and I were bouncing checks when we were first married, and uh, that was hard days. And it's not fun to have to do that, right? If you've ever been through some financial stuff, you kind of want some wealth to kind of help you out. So I think it's a natural thing for us to want nice stuff. Who, who can admit in here that you like some nice stuff? Come on, you like nice stuff, right? We like quality. We know you, what do, they, what do they say? You get what you pay for, right? So we know this to be to true, but the thing is, marketers know this too. They know that we love the next thing, the next device, the next whatever it might be. Marketers and companies know that, so they will try to do whatever they can to convince you and I that to really be happy in this life, we're going to need a little more stuff. 
We're going to need a little more wealth. And we're going to need to be able to, to, to work hard to make that wealth happen so we can spend it on whatever they're, whatever they're trying to sell us. Marketers know this to be true, that, that, that desire to acquire, right? The desire to acquire, it just, it just gets to us. And maybe you don't struggle with it as much as I do, but I, I do struggle some days with thinking about that. Maybe, maybe God is never going to give me that wealth. I mean, I got into ministry for the money, and it hasn't really worked out. I don't understand this. Uh, somebody told me wrong. No, I think that's why God has never really like, made me super rich, because I don't think I can handle it, okay? I'll just tell you this right now. I don't think I would handle it well. Right? But it's still uh, attractive to me. So let me ask you a couple questions. Let's, uh, let's kind of get some questions going, get your mind thinking about some stuff. Who wouldn't mind being rich? Who wouldn't mind being rich? Okay. Now I realize that rich is kind of, that, that term may be a little bit hard to, to qualify, but many of us, yeah, okay, let's just be there. Who knows in here? You, you, do you know someone who is rich? categorically rich. Yeah, some of you knew those people. I mean, I'm not talking about that you know. I mean, everybody, by all accounts, people would point to that person and say they, they are wealthy. Okay, so some of us know some wealthy people. Uh, Jackie and I lived up in the Washington, Seattle area for a while, and uh, you look around town, there's some nice, there's some money going on. Um, so here's the, here's the bigger question. Who amongst us thinks that we can do rich better than the next person? Come on, come on, nobody's, nobody's agreeing with me. You think you could do rich better than the next person. They're buying islands and stuff like that. Who needs an island, right? You could spend the money better. You, you, you think you could be better at being rich. Some of us might do that. Well, you, you probably knew where I was going with this. Who is pretty rich today? We are. We are, we are pretty rich in this room. And we're gonna unpack that a little bit of what that means, but I think we are rich. But it is amazing to me what people are willing to do to get money. And sometimes people are willing to do dumb stuff to get money quickly, right? We, we talked about it a little bit last week that, that the people, you could do a funny dance, you could like, you know, like fall off something, put it on YouTube, and you might, you might get a viral video and, and make you some money. But people do crazy things for money. I remember when I was a kid, there used to be this, um, uh, this, this commercial, and it was for this ice cream bar. And the commercials would ask this question, what would you do for a Klondike bar? And, you know, people would do silly stuff or whatever like that. But they've actually done some polling. And Business Insider magazine a few years ago did some polling and asked people in New York City, so people on the street, New York City, different people, asked them, okay, if you had a million dollars, what would you do with it? And your mind starts to travel, right? What would you do with a million dollars? And it, strangely enough, a lot of people said that they, they would either buy a house or pay off the house that they have. Uh, other people said they would invest it. And, uh, and, and, and other people said they would, would help family members or friends help them out. Now, I, I got to say, yay for humanity, right? That's, that's pretty good. I, you know, I was expecting, I don't know, yachts and stuff like that. But people generally, uh, they, had, they had some good answers there. Uh, back in 2014, the Huffington Post did a similar poll, and they were asking people, you know, what, what would they do for money? And it's, it's interesting here. Seven out of eight people, so pretty much almost everybody, seven out of eight people would not kick a dog in the head for no matter how much money you gave them. Once again, yay humanity. Yay. We're not going to kick a dog no matter how much money you give me. I feel good about humanity on the answer to that question. Uh, but then there was another question. Uh, you know, about 50% of people said that for, for an amount of money, 
they would throw some rotten tomatoes at a politician they didn't like. Right? And many of them said they would do it for free. So, so that's good. They're willing to, willing to do that for free. But here's the one that got, got to me, okay? This is the one that got to me. One out of four, so 25%. So look around the room, okay? One out of four. So many of, this, of, of us in this room, this would hit us. One in four would be willing to wear a sign on their back for 30 days, and that sign would read in large letters, I'm an idiot. For a million bucks. Who's, who's in? Who's in? Come on. Yeah, okay. Come on. It's just a sign. People think I'm an idiot anyway, so it doesn't really matter. Yeah, a million dollars. But depending on how, how, how you know, much income you have now, you might see the next level as rich. Right, so if you're making 50 grand, I think that's like the median income right now around this area. If you're at 50, you'd think, well, 75,000 a year, that would be rich. But if you're at the 75,000 level, you might think, well, actually, more like 150, that, that's rich. And you see what's happening, it, it just keeps going. It, rich is a moving target. It, you'll, never, you'll never quite get there. And uh, of course, the old adage is true. How many dollars is it going to take for you to be happy? Just one more. And so this is the reality. We we're, hitting, we're trying to hit a moving target, and, and, and that's, why, that's why I think Jesus tells us how to handle wealth and money and possessions. And in fact, it's one of the, the big subjects that, that took a lot of his time while he was here. He, he spoke a lot about money and possessions, and there's probably a, a really good reason for that. So if you have a Bible or a device, find Luke chapter 12. We're just going to read a few verses in there. This is... Uh, this is a great moment where Jesus, kind of in a, a haphazard sort of way, talks some truth about riches and finances and material greed. And your Bible might say in the headlines, the rich fool, depending on the version you have. Uh, but, but here we have Jesus being addressed in, like I said, kind of an odd moment. <laughs> and he talks a little bit about, about riches and, and what that's about. So let's look at Luke chapter 12, starting with verse 13. Someone in the crowd said to him, that is Jesus, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. But he said to him, this is Jesus responding, Man, who, who made me a judge or an arbitrator over you? And he said to him, Take care and be on your guard against all covetedness. Covetedness. That's a hard word to say. Covetousness. Right? For one's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. And he told them a parable, saying, The land of a rich man produced plentifully. And he thought to himself, What shall I do? For I have nowhere to store my crops. And he said, I will do this. I will tear down my barns and build larger ones. And there I will store all of my grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, <laughs> this is the greatest story. Like, Soul, note to self. Anyway, sorry. I will say to my soul, he's talking to himself now. <laughs> um, you have ample goods laid up for many years. So relax, eat, drink, be merry. But God said to him, fool, this night your soul is required of you. And the things you have prepared, whose will they be? So is the one who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. His life's going to be taken away, and all those nice fat barns and places that he's built will go to somebody else. If it were modern day, it'd go into probate. I don't know. But somebody else is going to get all that. 
So here Jesus is, is giving us a key. It was that last phrase. Did you catch that? Rich toward God. That's the key that I want to spend a little time on. Rich toward God. Are you, am I, rich toward God? Well, let's talk good news and bad news. Uh, you want the good news or bad news first? Bad? Okay, I'll give you the good. Good news. Okay. Uh, thanks, for, thanks for jumping on that. The bad news, or the good news is, sorry, the good news is you are rich. The good news is you are rich. According to the World Bank, this just came out a few years ago, and it's, it's been adjusted a little bit now, but most of the world lives on less than $6 a day, about five fifty. Now, of that group, a good portion of them live on about 3 to $5 a day. Now, perspective, I won't name particular purveyors of coffee in our town, but if you go this week and you get a coffee, there's a good chance you're spending more or at least as much for one cup of coffee as, as many people need for their entire day's nutrition. Now that's some perspective, isn't it? That is crazy. And we won't even think twice about sometimes going to those particular purveyors of coffee more than once a day. Now you're spending how much? Look, I get just a coffee at one of these places. And the other day, I got the large coffee. And it was like four bucks. And I'm like, well, I'll be not going there for a while. But four bucks. And, and it's like we're used to that. But most people live on about that every day. So if you question whether you're rich or not, you are. You, you are rich. And we're, we're a bit out of whack, aren't we? We call it first world now when we're complaining about like technology and stuff. But you think about it, many of us have, have grown accustomed now in this whole COVID thing to you know, getting takeout, stuff like that. And we will complain. We will spend 10 to $15 on a takeout meal, whatever it might be, it might be more for you, but we, we get this $10, $15 meal and we will complain because the temperature is just not right. And yet we did very little to obtain that meal. Most of the time, they brought it to you. But you didn't farm it. You, you didn't cook it. You didn't put it in the little nice containers with the little... You did nothing and we'll complain about that. Do you realize that we got a, a bit of a perspective problem on the money stuff? Just a little? Can, you, can, you, can I get a witness here? Don't we have a little bit of a perspective problem when it comes to money? We're so first world sometimes. We get impatient when our phone takes a few extra seconds to get your Google results. It has to go to space and come back. And we complain about it. We have a perspective problem. So the good news is, you know, you're, you're rich. But there's a couple things I want to I I get you thinking about. First of all, because you're rich, I need you to admit it. So I want you to say, I am rich, on the count of three. One, two, three, I am rich. Did everybody participate? Let's do that again. One, two, three, I am rich. Admit it. This is like a, like a, you know, a group therapy thing here. We are rich. You are rich. You may not think you are, but you really, really are. So we need to admit it and say, I'm a blessed person. Maybe you just need to, to say that this week. You really, you really are a blessed 
person. And you might think, well, I don't know if I'm blessed or not, but most of us have way more than we need. In fact, you know that whole ice storm that happened? You know what my worry was? We were out of town that weekend. My worry was that our second fridge might, you know, lose its... My second fridge might lose power. We are rich. You are rich. So admit it. I am rich. One more time. I am rich. Okay? Now, here's the second thing. Don't downplay it. Don't downplay it or have this false humility. Oh, no, I don't have as much as this person. Don't play that game. Right? Don't do that. That's, that's almost insulting to God. He's, he's blessed you with many, many things, but then we downplay it or, or we somehow are embarrassed by it. We don't need to be embarrassed. We need to rec- recognize that we're blessed and ask the Lord, what can we do with this? Like, how can we help someone else? See, that's having a better perspective than either, you know, pretending it's not true or, or somehow being embarrassed by it. God has blessed you with great things to enjoy. We're going to share a scripture here in a minute, but he's blessed you with that stuff. You are rich, right? So that's the first. That was the good news. Now let's talk some bad news. You ready for the bad news? The bad news is you are rich. That may seem slightly similar to the first thing I said, but you are rich. And that's, that's also bad news because that puts you and I in a disadvantaged spot spiritually. See, because we have the means, we think it's all on us. We think we took care of it. And the problem is we are tempted to think God had little to do with it. See, the bad news is you're rich. And that means we will tend to have a, a, a bit of a conflict when it comes to our spiritual life. See, money can hinder our discipleship journey with Jesus. Money can hinder that. And Jesus knew that. Money tends to be one of those few things in life that we have a little bit of control over. At least we think we do. And so unfortunately, we think we're in control, but oftentimes stuff and money begins to control us. That, that heart thing starts to get swayed. You see, because if you own stuff you got to take care of stuff. I mean, think about it. The more you have... Look, if you want a boat, get a friend who has a boat, and then you pay him gas money. Way better. Because if you have stuff, you got to keep it up. You know that, that ATV vehicle or three-wheelers? As a kid, we used to use those all the time. But the thing is, you can't let them sit. <laughs> Anything... If you have more stuff, it's going to take more to manage it. And that means working longer hours and paying for the rental and paying for the storage unit and then maintaining these things. And what happens is people and relationship with Jesus gets pushed aside because we got to take care of this stuff. we gotta, we got we got too much on our plate. We can't spend time with the Lord. So the bad news is you are rich, and that's going to mean a competition for your heart. Money is going to try to control you, even though you think... You're controlling it. I love what, 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 what is written a few, few verses later in, in Luke chapter 12. And, and maybe you've heard this. To, to whom much is given, much is required. That's Luke 12, 48. That's just a simple truth. To whom much is given, much is going to be required. God has blessed you. The good news is you're rich. The bad news is you're rich. So how are you going to navigate this? How are you going to manage that? How are you going to be a good steward? How are you going to be, be rich toward God? Right? That was the key, wasn't it? The end of that parable, you need to be rich toward God. So how do we, how do we become rich toward God? 
We have great responsibility because we've been blessed. We've, we've got wealth. So how do, we, how do we be about that attitude, that posture of being rich toward God? So I think many of us need to disbelieve the lie that we'll be happier with the more stuff. We'll, we've we've got to let that go. We've got we to... Gotta, that's, that's from the pit of despair. That's, that's from the, just Satan, the deceiver, trying to help us you know, navigate this life. But he wants us to, to have more stuff and we're, we're thinking that's going to make us happier. We need to let go of that lie because it's not true. And, and we, need to, we need more of the, the eternal, not the temporary. We need more eternal. And we need to submit to the power of Jesus, not the power of the almighty dollar. I love what, what Paul, who's an early church leader and he wrote a lot of things in the New Testament. He wrote a letter to his friend Timothy. And in 1 Timothy chapter 6, listen to what Paul wrote to his friend Timothy. As for the rich in this present age, charge them not to be haughty, that is prideful, nor to set their hope on the uncertainty of riches, but on God who richly provides us with everything to enjoy. They are to do good, to be rich in good works, and to be generous and ready to share thus storing up treasure for themselves as a good foundation for the future so that they may take hold of of that which is truly life. See, life doesn't revolve around stuff. And we've got to change our perspective. It's not about the stuff. God's blessed us, but he's blessed us to be a blessing. So rather than falling into the the trap of, of feeling guilty because he's blessed us, what if we could change our perspective and certainly enjoy what he's given to us, but use it, leverage it for good as much as we can, to leverage it for good, to be rich in good deeds, not just rich to ourselves, not like that guy building bigger barns so we can just stuff more in, so we can just do nothing and bless nobody. That was kind of the, the side note or the, the side lesson of that is he just was going to bless himself and nobody else gets to enjoy it. So the, the only point here that I'm making today is this. You, you are rich. And so be generous and rich in good deeds. Be generous and rich in good deeds. That's how to, to do wealth right. That's how to be a good rich person. Is to be generous and rich in good deeds. That's, that's how you do money. In that be generous, rich in good deeds. I, I, Andy Stanley a few years ago... Uh, he wrote a book on this. I think he also did a sermon series on this. But he had his church family, and I think it would be a good one for us to learn too. He, he had this statement that everybody said. And so I would like us to try it. It goes like this. God has blessed me with more than I need. I'm rich. But I will not trust in my riches, but in him who richly provides. Because I have more, I will give more and do more. Now let's try, let's try this together. Can we do this together? We'll go slow here. Here we go. God has blessed me with more than I need. I'm rich. But I will not trust in my riches, but in, in Him who richly provides. Because I have more, I will give more and do more. Let's try that one more time. Everybody on board? Here we go. God has blessed me with more than I need. I'm rich, but I will not trust in my riches, but in Him who richly provides. Because I have more, 
I will give more and do more. Isn't that good? That's, look, we're rich in this room, folks. When, when Paul's writing, hey, command the rich to watch out for these things, he's not talking about other people. He's talking about us in this room. We have been blessed beyond what we need. And we need to be using that for good, to be generous and rich in good deeds. Look, carrots like fame, like we talked about last week, or today money, carrots like this, they are chronically over-promising and under-delivering. They won't last. So let's do something that matters. Let's do something that makes a difference. I mean, don't you want to, at the end of your life, to feel like you were part of something that made a difference? Don't you want to make a difference and leverage what you can for the good? And that, that could be, maybe that's for you, paying someone's mortgage or, or paying their rent. Do it anonymously. That's super fun. Or maybe, maybe you're going to bless someone with groceries. Or, or maybe you're just going to spend a day with someone who's really lonely. You ever thought about that? That's called a ministry of presence, folks. That's really good. Maybe you're going to help someone move. Maybe you're going to, you know, uh, I don't know what it is, but you're, you're going to bless someone because you have been blessed by God and you are rich and you could do more and give more. That's how you do rich right. We can, we can do these things because God has blessed us. We can do rich right. So as Paul wrote and commanded, be generous, be rich in good deeds, and in that way, we become rich toward God. Like Jesus told us back in that parable, rich toward God. Hey, I'm going to pray here for us in a minute, but if you've never said yes to Jesus, you, we've been talking about generosity and all these different things, you want to be part of that kingdom of Jesus. If you've never said yes to following him, it's, he's a game changer. He will change your life for the good. If you've never said yes, you could do that today, whether that be online or here in person at our Connections booth. So don't leave without doing that. Uh, Jesus is the best. And uh, he wants the best life for you, an abundant life, and a, a life where you can be rich toward God and honor him with what he's blessed you with. So let's pray together. Father, we come before you. We thank you for the blessing that you have, the blessing to be able to meet in this place, blessings of freedom. Uh, Lord, blessings of so much, but you've given us so much. Help us to leverage what, what you've given to us to bless other people. Father, help us to be bold about this, to be courageous about generosity and good deeds. Uh, Lord, and, and help us as we, as we uh, go into the week, Father, that, that you would help us to be rich toward you and that we would be pursuing the things that matter. So, Father, empower us for that work, and we thank you for Jesus. And in his name we pray. Amen.